for the last season, I, I have been very, very interested in, and, and, and this might not come as a surprise, but I've been very, very interested in, in what does it mean to follow Jesus? Uh, you know, the, the Lord that we serve, what, what does it actually mean to follow him? And, and I, and I wanna, want us to uh, open the Bible together in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 to 30 uh, to read some verses together, uh, and then we're going to unpack it together. Are you ready for that? Jesus says this. This is a beautiful invitation from Jesus. This is what it means to follow Jesus. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And if you want a title for this message, it is called Rhythms of Grace. Rhythms of Grace. Let's uh, pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you are in this room. Thank you uh, that you, you are calling us, that you are inviting us to follow you. And we pray, Jesus, as we unpack your word together today, that you will show us, that you will speak to us, and help us to learn how to follow you and to, to step into this rhythm of grace. Father, we pray, Jesus, that you will have your way in our lives. Amen. 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 Um, a few years ago, uh, this was when I was still living in Copenhagen, so it's a little while ago, but, but it, it, it was a Friday night, and I came home after a long week, just a long week of working, of studying, and I walked in, in the door, and, you, and you know, sometimes you know, your, your adrenaline just keeps you going because you know that you have to, but then the moment you close the door behind you, it's almost like you're collapsing. Do you know that feeling? So I came home, and, uh, and uh, at the time, I, I, I lived with a guy named Mickey. Some of you might know Mickey. He's a, he's a great guy. And, but he wasn't home. And, and, and I think most of you know, if you're, if you're living with a, with a flatmate and you come home and there's no one there, you know, sometimes that's a great blessing. You know, nothing against Mickey. I, I love him so much. But, you know, I came home that evening. I was like, man, that just means that I can just be myself, just relax, do whatever. I, I, I don't have to, you know, worry about anyone else. So, so what did I do with my, with, my, with, with my evening? I went to bed at 9 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? The 9 o'clock bedtime call. <laughs> and so, so I... I went to bed and I just crashed. I just crashed and I, and, and, and I just went into like really deep sleep. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it's, it's, almost like you're, it's almost like you're floating because you're so deep in your sleep. And then, and then I, I was dreaming, I was having a great time. And, and then there was a sound that came through in my dream that hadn't originally been a part of my dream. Uh, do, 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 do you know when that happens? When you're, like, it's almost like the outside world is forcing its way into my dream, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, and, and, and I can just hear this voice, George, George. I'm like, what, George? And then, and then I open my eyes, and what, what do I see? I see Mickey <laughs> standing over me, and I'm like, First, I, got, I was really confused, first of all, because this has never happened before. Like, why, why, would, why would he do that? I, and then I got a little bit angry. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Mickey, what are you doing in my room, and why are you waking me up? 
And then, and then he looked down upon me with surprise and he said, but George, what are you doing in my bed? <laughs> and, and then I realized what was happening. I, I was looking around and I, and I could see that I had taken some of Mickey's clothes and like curled it up and I used it as a, as a pillow. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then I realized something. Something dawned on me. I am a sleepwalker. Oh, man. I, I, and, and I knew that I'd done it as a kid, but I just didn't know. <laughs> it was still an issue in my life. And, and, and I was like, this, because, you know, there's a reason why we have rhythms in our life. You know, because sleeping is a great thing. Walking is a great thing. But doing both of them at the same time is not a winning combination. You know, they are best enjoyed separately. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so yeah, and when, when we look at our life, all of our life consists of rhythms. And Jesus here, he is calling us into a rhythm of grace. A rhythm of grace. So he, this is this invitation that comes out from Jesus. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come with me, you know. And, and, and I will show you how to take a real rest. Work with me. Walk with me. Watch how I do it. You know, learn these unforced rhythms of grace. Rhythm, and, and Jesus, he was speaking into a people, into a context that was very religious. And, you know, the, the, the religious people of the day had put kind of, kind of a burden of the religion, a yoke of religion upon the people. And Jesus was telling them, actually... I don't want you to strive, I want you to receive. But, but if I'm honest with you, sometimes when I look at Jesus and think, he's calling me to follow him, okay, I'm going to work with him, I'm going to walk with him, I'm going to watch how he did it, and you know, that's going to be an easy, like, okay, rhythm of grace, I'm like, Jesus, the way that you lived, there is no way that I could do that. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like something that I would be able to do even. But Jesus actually is calling us to follow him. But I think what we need to realize is that following Jesus actually means following Jesus in all of his life. And sometimes, I'm just speaking from my own experience here, but sometimes we can look at Jesus in his peak moments, you know, in the spotlight, you know, match day moments. We, we see how he performs when everybody is looking at him, when, the, when he's forgiving his enemies, when he's healing the sick, when he's walking the extra mile, when he's blessing those who are cursing him. And we're like, man, that's, that sounds tough. But then maybe we forget to actually look at the way that Jesus actually lived and, and the way that he is calling us to follow him in his footsteps. Because it's rhythms of grace. What what do we often um, define grace as here? You know, when Pastor Thomas talks about it, he says, grace is God helping you. God helping you. And, and another translation is God's unmerited favor. So the rhythms of grace is actually that, God, uh, that Jesus is calling us to step out of the rhythm of religion and into the rhythm of grace, to step out of the rhythm of performing and into the rhythm of receiving what he is doing for us, for God helping us. And I'm actually very grateful that Jesus has actually shown us how to do that. Uh, and uh, do, 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 is it okay that we talk about that today? Yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and you know, so some of you might, might have heard me talk about 
this, this concept before, but, but what, what, what many people kind of, when, when they're trying to define what, what is actually going on in Jesus' life and the rhythms of Jesus' life, uh, it, it is often defined as spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines, you know, that's things like praying, fasting, solitude, fellowship, and, and, and a whole bunch of other things. And we're going to unpack two of them today. But theologian Richard Foster, he says it like this, that by doing what we can do, spiritual discipline, we receive from God the resources to do what we cannot do. So actually live this life that Jesus is calling us to. So everything that we're going to talk about today is about receiving. How can we actually step into this rhythm of grace where we allow Jesus' grace to work in our lives? And we're going to unpack two of them today. And the first, the first discipline we're going to look at is the Sabbath. 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 You know, how does Jesus start out here? He says, in another translation, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest, isn't that a beautiful thing? That Jesus has come to give us rest. And you know, the concept of, of rest, it flows through the whole Bible, and, it, and, and we can find it at the very beginning of our Bible. If, if, if we flip it open and, and go to Genesis chapter 2, we can read this from the creation story. So rest is actually weaved into the very fabric of our universe, the way that God has intended it, the way that God has made it to work. And we can read it here in verse 1 to 3 in, in Genesis 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Okay, this, this is very important. This is very important. God had been working for six days creating. On the seventh day, he rested from his work. Mankind, humanity, was created on the sixth day. So can, can you imagine what it was like for Adam and Eve to, to wake up on the sixth day? And the first thing that they experience is rest. The first thing that humanity was, was created to do was to rest. It was their first day of existence. And Jesus, he says that he has come to give us rest. And, and I want to give us a couple of, uh, just, just two observations about the Sabbath that I think we can learn about what Jesus has for us, what God, what God has for us. And the first thing is that rest is a gift. Rest is a gift. Because by, by now, some, some of you might be saying, but did Jesus really observe the Sabbath? Didn't, de didn't Jesus get in, in trouble for actually healing people on the Sabbath, for doing things on the Sabbath? And yes, he did. He did. It, it, it's very clear that Jesus intentionally did miracles on the Sabbath to provoke the religious people. To, to the people that, he, that he's talking to. And what, so, so what was Jesus doing? Because what, what had happened 
in Jesus' day was, was that the Sabbath had become so important, this, this 24-hour period of resting had become so, so important that it had become more important than human beings. So, so that Jesus actually was criticized, and they, they, they really came after him for helping people on the Sabbath. And Jesus was trying to teach them a lesson about what the Sabbath is really about. In Mark chapter 2 and verse 27, after one of these encounters, we can read what Jesus says. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So what Jesus is trying to tell us is, is that the Sabbath wasn't, isn't, isn't a, like resting isn't a religious rule that you need to tick. No, rest is a gift from God. He has given it to you because he wants to bless you with it. It is in the rhythm of grace. It's a rhythm of grace that he is calling us to rest, that Jesus is saying, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, Jesus rested. Jesus actually, he, he did observe the Sabbath. He went to the synagogue. He, he took time away for himself. He took time away with his disciples to rest. But sometimes I think that we, we don't get this that rest is a gift. I don't know why, it might just be me, but sometimes I feel guilty for resting. Yeah. Like if I take a whole day off, 24 hours off, I, I end up feeling guilty. But I just wanna encourage you that we are not created to rest from our work. We are cre created actually to work from a place of rest. Uh, that, that actually we can allow ourselves to rest because it is a gift that God has given to you. And I actually wanted to especially encourage someone here who maybe you actually don't have a job. Maybe you have been looking for a job for a long time. Maybe you are in a season of your life where you don't feel like you can be as productive as you want to be. And because of that, you are not allowing yourself to rest. Can I just tell you that rest is a gift from God. And I want to encourage you, you know, no, no matter where you are on that scale, if, if, if you are unemployed and looking for, for work or, or, or if you are, are, are working like crazy, to actually say, I am going to prioritize rest. I'm going to allow myself rest because it is a gift from God. It is not something I have to earn. It is something that I, have, I just get to receive. And the moment we decide, okay, I'm actually going to take some time to rest, we're stepping into the rhythm of grace, allowing God to work in us while we're resting. So I want to ask you just a couple of questions. How do you actually find rest? What is true rest for you? And how do you connect with God? Because it, it might be very different from, from different people. And, and, and then the third question I want to ask you is actually, how do you connect with others? Because... The Sabbath and resting is not just about you being by yourself, but actually it's also about how can you connect with the people that are the closest to you. And so we need to remember that rest is not something that we need to earn. It is a gift from God. And I just wanted to encourage you to receive it. Then the second observation I want to make about the Sabbath is that time is provided. Time is provided. 
often we can feel like time is running away from us. Have you ever felt like that? You're feeling like you're chasing time and time is running away from you. But, but, but actually what the Sabbath is teaching us is, is that time is not passing, time is actually coming. Um, in, in the book of Exodus, we, we can see when, when God is kind of instating this day of Sabbath in the law with the Israelite people and, 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 uh, and God actually commanded them to do all their work for six days and then to rest on the seventh day. And I just wonder, what would it be like for people around them at that time? You know, other people groups, other nations, looking into the people of Israel, thinking, you don't work on the seventh day? But, you know, we have so much to do. We have food we need to gather. We, 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 we have all of these things that we need to do. Uh, like, you guys are not smart. <laughs> you, like, there's something wrong with you. Because, you're, you're, like, why do you actually take time to rest? But for the Israelites, it was, a, it was a sign of trust in God, that they trusted that time was provided by God, that it was a gift from Him. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's actually quite similar, you know, when, when we're talking about the tithe. You know, we, we talk about tithing as giving the first 10% of our income into the kingdom of God. And, you know, we know, I, I know, because, because I've seen it happen in my own life, uh, that, you know, I don't come up with less because I tithe, because I really believe that God can do much more, or I can do much more with God with my 90% uh, than what I can do on my own with my 100%. You know, I'm totally convinced of it. And, you know, what do we often say when people say, but I can't afford to tithe? What do we usually say? We say, you can't afford to tithe until you tithe. You you actually won't see the way that God works in you before you actually step out in faith to do it, to, to say, okay, but it's not my employer that is my provider, it is actually God who is my provider. But it's actually the same thing with rest. It's the same thing with the Sabbath. But for some reason, it is a lot harder for me <laughs> to learn this. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but, but it's something I have to remind myself of, that actually, you know, I can actually do more with God with six days of the week that I can do on my own on seven days. Of, so actually taking a day to rest is actually a sign to say, Jesus, I trust you. I'm going to step out of the rhythm of performing, of religion. I'm going to step into your grace. I'm going to step into the rhythm of you helping me because I know that I cannot do life in my own strength. I need you and I want to take the burden off me and I want to put it on you. Because I know that you are calling me to rest. God, Jesus says this, I don't want to put anything ill-fitting Ill on you. He, like God's grace, it is actually tailor-made for you. Like God knows you. He knows what you need. And actually when we decide to say, okay, I'm going to trust God with this. I'm going to trust God with my time. We're going to see how God actually provides. How, 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 how he, he is worthy of our trust. And, you know, it's because it's, what Jesus was trying to say was, you know, we have such a tendency to try to make it on our own. We are so self-reliant. We're like, man, I, I need to be able to do this on my own. But Jesus, he is calling us to trust him, to say, I'm actually going to trust you with the first day of my week. And, you know, that can be any day of the week for you. But I, I actually wanted to encourage you to say, can I actually take 24 hours of the week? where I'm saying, I'm actually going to 
Take that as a day of rest because God has given it to you and time is provided. And then Jesus says, come to me and you will find rest. And then he says, work with me and walk with me what, how I do it. And you know, this, this, um, this order is actually very significant. Because you know, if, if you try to work your way to peace, you will work your way to pieces. If you work your way to peace, you will work your way to pieces. Did you hear that, Olbog? Did you hear that online? But actually, from a place of rest, yes, we are also called to work. You know, but, and, and, and the cool thing is that we're not talking about balance here. We're actually not talking about balance at all. We're actually talking about a rhythm. And we get to step into the rhythm of grace. So the second kind of spiritual discipline uh, that, that I want us to unpack together before we close is service. The first one is Sabbath. The second one is service. So Jesus says, come to me and you will find rest. And then work with me, walk with me, watch how I do it. Come and I will teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. So how, how can work be a rhythm of grace? Um, but for, first we're going to look at Actually, how did Jesus approach work? Because I think we need to, we need to look at that if we're going to say, okay, if, if work for Jesus was a, a spiritual discipline, service was a spiritual discipline, then how did he do it? In Matthew chapter 20, in verse 25 to 28, uh, Jesus said this to his disciples. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, Jesus viewed his work through the lens of service. And it, and if you want a definition for, uh, for service, we can say it like this, that in service, we use our goods and strength to actively promote the good of others. So instead of looking at how can other people serve me with what they have, I'm actually going to look at how can I use what I have been given to serve others. And, and there's a couple of, couple of observations here I, I, I also want to give. Are you ready for the first one? The first one is that serving is a sign and source of strength. Serving is a sign and source of strength. You know, Jesus, he really confused people. Because Jesus came and he, people claimed that he was the Messiah, he was the rabbi. You know, people could see he was a great man. You know, they were following him. But he didn't act like what, what, what other religious figures and other authority figures of the day acted like. No, he actually, he, he hung out with anyone, he served anyone, he, he, he didn't sit, sit just by himself, he went to people's houses where he wasn't supposed to be. You know, he, he, he lowered himself to lift other people up. It confused people. And what, what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples here is that when it comes to being great, when it comes to living a life of purpose, living the life that you are called to live, the way that we do that is actually by serving others. 
that life isn't about what other pe people can do for me. Life is actually about how can I use what I have to help others, to lift other people up. You know, it, it's, it's this great uh, quote by Martin Luther King where he talks about that, that anyone can be great because anyone can serve. And I absolutely love that, that every single one of us can follow Jesus in this rhythm. There is no one who is excluded from this, no matter where you work, no matter what family you're in, no matter what you're studying, no matter what you do in life, you can serve because you have been gifted by God. You, you might not even see it yourself, but I promise you that God has given you things where you can actually say, I'm going to use it to serve someone else. So I, I want to encourage you and I want to encourage me because it, it is so easy to flip this around, to think about how can I get as much as I can out of life? How can I get, how can I manipulate, manipulate life to work for me? You know, but to actually wake up in the morning and follow Jesus in this example to say, okay, I'm going to go to work. And instead of focusing on how can I get other people to serve my agenda, say, say today, Jesus, how can I actually serve someone else? How can I make someone else look good? You know, when I come to church, instead of thinking, man, I hope that someone says hi to me today. You know, I, ho I hope that someone is going to say, and who is going to say hi to me? Or he didn't say hi to me, or she didn't say hi to me. Who is going to say hi to me today? Instead of that, actually to say, come to church and say, who can I say hi to today? Who can I welcome today? Who can I serve today? You know, step into your friendships, not thinking, what can that person give me? What can that person give me? Is this person, you know, what, what can you give me? But actually step into your friendships, into my friendships, thinking, how can I actually be a good friend? How can I actually serve someone else? Stepping into all your relationships like that. And, and, and you know, Jesus actually says it's a rhythm of grace. And I truly believe that when we step into that, when we step into the rhythm of service, this rhythm of God helping me, because that, this is where I was confused a little bit, because I'm helping others. So how, 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 how is this a, a rhythm of grace? But actually, I, I promise you, you will experience, when you do that, you will experience God's grace working in you. It's, it's this great paradox, and it says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse, verse 25, it says, a generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And, you know, it actually works. It actually works. That service is both a sign of strength, but it's also a source of strength. Because we're stepping out of the rhythm of performance and religion and into the rhythm of grace. And then the last thing I want to say about service before we close is that the freedom of humility is released through service. The freedom of humility is released through service. Have you ever been in a situation where you did something, something happened to you, where you said, man, that was humiliating? Has that ever happened to you? It happens to me more often than I want to admit. <laughs> you know, you know bec bec and, and, and what we mean by that statement is that it hurts us. You know, it hurts, but it doesn't, uh, sometimes it hurts physically as well, you know, if you fall or something. 
But what it actually hurts, it hurts our pride. Because it made us look stupid. It made us look like something that we didn't want to be perceived as. And man, that was humiliating. That was humiliating. But Jesus is funny. You know, when, when Jesus was trying to teach this to his disciples, he went down on his knees in the dirt and he started washing his disciples' feet. He literally humbled himself because that's the, it means to be brought low. So he, he went as low as he could and started washing his disciples' feet. And the disciples were horrified. You know, they're like, no way! You are not going to wash my feet! You know, that is above you, that is beyond you. If anything, I should be washing your feet. But Jesus said, you actually have to allow me to wash your feet because that's what I've come to do. I've come to serve. I didn't come to be served. I've come to serve. And then he turns around and he says, you do the same for each other. So Jesus actually chose to humble himself. He didn't wait for the moment where he was where we're like, oh man, man, that's humiliating. But he actually bent down in humility to raise other people up. You know, it can be easy to think that we're beyond it, to say, but I'm like, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't be able, I shouldn't have to do that. I shouldn't have to serve, you know. Maybe you've gotten a promotion at work and you're thinking, oh man, I, sh I shouldn't need to bring my own cup to the, <laughs> to the sink. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what, what, what the temptation is for you, but, but, but I just want to encourage you. In the rhythm of grace, actually when we decide to humble ourselves, to, to, to metaphorically bend down in the dirt with someone to raise them up, we're stepping into the rhythm of grace. And and, and you know, what, what it sets us, because I said humility brings freedom. And what it brings freedom from is pride. And, and, and pride is a prison. Because when, when we're working in, in, in kind of the, the pride sphere, and you know, that's what Jesus is talking to. He's, he's talking to, to the religious mindset of pride, where you're like, if I do this, if I do that, if I do that, then I'm elevated above everybody else, and I'm good. But if I fail towards that, I'm crushed and I'm broken, and, 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 and you know, I've, I've, I, I, I'm removing myself from anything. And because when we're living in pride, we can never win. We can never win. But Jesus is teaching us the secret that humility brings freedom. Dallas Willard, great philosopher and theologian, he says this, that service to others in the spirit of Jesus allows us the freedom of humility that carries no burdens of appearance. I don't know about you, but I can so easily get caught up in the way that people look at me. That I want to be looked at in a particular way. That I want to be great. That I want to be cool. That I want to be liked. But actually, what we can do is to be freed from that by actually deciding, Jesus, I'm going to follow you in the rhythm of service. I'm not doing it from an empty place. I'm not going doing it from a place of striving. No, I know that I have rested. I have been filled with you. And then when I step and follow you into service, where I, where I can help someone else, when I, where I can add value to someone else, where I can lift someone else, I actually know that it's the rhythm of service where you are working in me and through me. 
Because Jesus, he came to serve. And you know, I, I used to be this Christian that was religious in, 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 the, in the sense that, you know, I, I had this tick box, uh, this list of tick boxes where I needed to do certain things in order to be loved by God, in order to be good enough, to be accepted. And, and I just have to tell you, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. I was always like burdened with guilt, always burdened with shame, always felt like I wasn't good enough. But when I realized that Jesus didn't come to be served, he came to serve and to give his life for me. You know, I was able to step into freedom. I was able to step into the rhythm of grace. And Jesus, he is calling out today to you, to me saying, are you burdened? Are you weary? Are you tired? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me and I will show you how to take a real rest. Work with me and walk with me. Watch how I do it. Learn these unforced rhythms of grace. Everything that we have been talking about today is about receiving the grace of God. And the first point in that transaction is actually that we give it all to Him. That we realize that I don't want to do this life in my own strength any longer. I've been walking this direction, and I realize that Jesus wasn't just in heaven with a pointed finger waiting for me to get my act together. No, he actually came down to me. He came to give his life as a ransom for me. That means that he paid the price for my sin, for my mistake, so that I don't have to perform to get to God. No, God did it all by coming to me just where I am. And I had that encounter where I got to experience the grace of Jesus. And I want to extend that invitation here today as well, that if you are here and you haven't yet made a decision to follow Jesus, you haven't yet made a decision to say, okay, I don't, I don't want to live life striving on my own strength anymore. I actually want to give that to you, Jesus. I, I want to live my life with you. I want to start following you. And if, if that is you, I just want to pray a prayer with you just as a, as a first step in that, that, that uh, relationship with Jesus. And can I just get everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads just to give you a moment of privacy. And if that is you, that you don't know Jesus, but you want to, you, 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 have, you have maybe been looking at yourself and thinking, man, I, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. Can I just tell you that you don't have, have to do anything to earn his grace? It is his free gift to you. Maybe you've never even heard anyone talk about God like this, about Jesus like this, and you're thinking, man, is he actually real? Can I, can I just tell you that Jesus, he believes in you. He has created you. He has called you. He, he knew you before you were born. And, and there's no coincidence that you are here today. Jesus wants to have an encounter with you, to, for you to have an encounter with him. And, but also, if you are here and, and you maybe have, have walked away from Jesus, maybe once you called yourself a Christian, maybe you still kind of go under the label Christian, but if you're honest with yourself, your heart has grown distant. You may be ticking some of the religious boxes, but if you're honest with yourself, you're not living in a relationship with him. Then I'm talking to you as well, both here in Aalborg and online. And if that is you, I just want to count to three. And if that is you, I just want you to raise your hand high enough and long enough so that I can see it. And then we're going to pray together. So one, two, 
three. Just raise your hand if you want to connect your life to Jesus today. Thank you there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to join these brave people? Thank you up the back there. So beautiful. Also raise it in Aalborg. Raise it online because you're not really raising it to me. You're raising it to Jesus. This is a sign to say, Jesus, I need your help. I need your grace. Beautiful. You can take down your hands. We're going to pray a prayer together. And I'm going to pray first, and then you pray after me. And, you know, praying is basically just sharing your heart with Jesus. And, and we're just going to do this together. And, and, and we're going to pray together as a church family. But especially if you raised your hand or if you knew in your heart that you wanted to, then repeat after me and say, Jesus. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you didn't come to be served, but you came to serve, that I get to receive what you have done for me. Thank you that you died for me on that cross so that I could have forgiveness for my sins, so that I could have a fresh start, so that I could have life in you. I make you my Lord. I make you my savior, and I make you my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give those people a massive round of applause?